0: Who will emerge the victor on Loki? Welcome back to Nerdist News, I'm Dan Casey, and today we're talking about the latest episode of Loki. Episode three, titled 1893, is a time-traveling tour de force. It's full of amazing inventions, uncomfortable reunions, and strangely horny clocks. What? Yes, you heard that right. Hey, y'all! But the biggest revelation this episode centers on something that He Who Remains did, and that could have major implications for the rest of the series moving forward. We're gonna break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil the latest episode of Loki. So if you haven't seen it yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, well, leave now before it's too late. How about we settle this outside? I agree. Come on. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? We are officially at the halfway point of Loki season two, which is kind of crazy. But in order to move the plot forward, our heroes have to go back in time, specifically to 1893, as the episode's title suggests. Not only do we get a player piano version of the Marvel Studios theme, but we get to spend the majority of the episode at the Chicago World's Fair on a branch timeline in 1893. Except it wasn't always a branch timeline, but more on that in just a bit. For those who didn't read Devil in the White City, great book, the Chicago World's Fair or the World's Columbian Exposition, if you nasty, was a massive year-long event held in Chicago to commemorate the 400th anniversary of that raggedy bitch Christopher Columbus arriving in the New World. In addition to the world's first Ferris wheel, the World's Fair boasted exhibits from all over the globe, and they cleverly tweaked that concept for the MCU with a depiction of the Norse gods. This has to be a joke. Sadly, Loki isn't one of the three Asgardian gods featured outside the faux Viking longhouse. We see Thor, Odin, and Balder the Brave. No one's even heard of him. Sure they have, Balder the Brave. In the comics, Balder technically first appeared in 1962's Journey into Mystery number 85. He is Thor's half-brother and his death is prophesied to bring about Ragnarok. As such, Frigga made him invulnerable to everything except for mistletoe, because for some people, the holidays can be a painful time of year. Anyway, for more on Baldur's comic book origins, Eric Diaz has you covered over on Nerdist. Now, as they say, the fifth time's the charm, and that's because Balder has nearly appeared in the MCU a whopping four times in each of the first three Thor movies, and more recently in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. He was rumored to be a member of the Illuminati played by Daniel Craig, and that rumor was seemingly substantiated by Elizabeth Olsen on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast earlier this year. They made a costume. <laughs> Had a design. (laughs) But considering how that turned out for the rest of the Illuminati, (laughs) it's probably good news for Balder. Now, one of the other aspects of the World's Fair that Loki seems to be invoking here is the electricity building. It was a massive exhibit hall dedicated to all manner of electrical inventions, like generators and transformers. Here, it's a showcase for a two-bit con man who bilks investors out of their hard-earned cash with his mechanical marvels. I am, of course, talking about Victor Timely. As Ouroboros reminded us in the recap at the start of the episode, the TVA needs some DNA from He Who Remains if they want to open the blast doors so they can try and repair the temporal loom. And we are all gonna die. There's only one slight problem. Sylvie killed him, or did she? Well, yeah, I mean, she did, but as we saw from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, there are a metric ton of Kangs out there. He Who Remains named himself that because he was theoretically the last man standing. Pretty arrogant. It's like calling yourself last man standing. Is it arrogant if you can back it up? He used the Time Variance Authority as his own personal police force to guard the sacred timeline and prevent potential future Kangs from cropping up. But it turns out he who remained wasn't the only he who remained. That thief of free will had a multiversal Kang-tingency plan. It's him. But unlike the rest of those Kangs and Carter Harrison Sr., Victor survived the events of this episode thanks to some timely intervention and some time travely intervention. Some 25 years earlier in 1868, Ravona Renslayer made a trip to Chicago to leave a copy of the Time Variance Authority manual, like a cartoon pie on the windowsill. Except this time, instead of a tantalizing treat, a young man was entranced by the sweet smell of science. That young man turned out to be Victor Timely. Now, for those who don't know, Victor Timely is indeed a variant of Kang the Conqueror. First appearing in 1992's Avengers Annual Number 21, he traveled back in time to Wisconsin circa 1901, and there he started a town that he named Timely. That became the base of operations from which he would evolve into the Kang that made the Avengers' lives a living hell. And Timely itself eventually became the Kingdom of Chronopolis, Kang's headquarters outside of time and space itself. And we get a nice nod to that in this episode when Victor refers to his lab over in Wisconsin. It's like the um, Caribbean of the Midwest. Now, if you want an even deeper dive into Victor Timely's comic book origins and how the show tweaked them, make sure you check out Eric Diaz's article over on Nerdist. As for the version of Victor Timely on the show, he isn't a future version of He Who Remains who journeyed into the past. Rather, Victor is a variant of He Who Remains. That He Who Remains is trying to transform into a new version of himself by fundamentally altering the trajectory of Victor's life. This book has defined the course of my life. Because what better way to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps than with a bootstrap paradox. So you ultimately bootstrap a time-space police force to ensure your tyrannical reign over the multiverse or lack thereof. Bootstraps. Now, for those who don't know, a bootstrap paradox is a concept in which objects or information are sent back in time to create an endless loop. The object in question, in this case, the TVA guidebook, would then seem to have no logical point of origin. It would just simply exist. Except this isn't exactly a bootstrap paradox because Victor is technically a different person than He Who Remains. When Ravona and Miss Minutes traveled back in time to Chicago 1868, that was on the sacred timeline. But giving Victor the TVA manual caused a nexus event, and that led to the branch timeline we visit later in the episode. So in a bit of creative Ouroboros, O.B. wrote the TVA manual because he was inspired by He Who Remained or Victor Timely. And Victor in turn was inspired by O.B. because he obsessively read the TVA manual cover to cover for a quarter century. I like to think of it as a correspondence between myself and the visionary author Ouroboros. It's the same kind of causal loop logic we saw at play in episode one, when Loki was time-slipping between the past and present inside the TVA. No. Wait. Yes? And that plan has been working so far to a degree. And we're all gonna die. Aboard the S.S. Heron, named for season one director, Kate Heron, we see exactly how deeply this book has impacted Victor. He's made a viable version of the temporal loom and a throughput multiplier, the thing they need to fix it. But he's limited by the technology of the era. As for whether he'll survive long enough to see technology actually advance to that point, that he who remains to be seen because everyone is trying to sink their hooks into Victor for different reasons. Miss Minutes, Ravona Renslayer, Loki and Mobius, and Sylvie, whose hooks are pretty literal. Renslayer is tired of taking orders. She said it herself in the Loki season one finale. Only one person gets free will, the one in charge. One of the most shocking revelations though is that Miss Minutes was apparently in love with He Who Remains. What began as an AI to play chess with evolved into a queen looking for her king. He Who Remains gave Miss Minutes the autonomy to write her own programming, and that makes us wonder whose plan the Victor Timely Gambit really is. Now, Ravona says it was He Who Remains that gave her this mission, and that may well be true. But it could just as easily be Miss Minutes claiming this was what He Who Remains wanted, and that would leave the two of them to vie for control over the would-be future king of the TVA. Miss Minutes also takes a turn for the terrifying when she keeps pressuring Victor about why he never gave her a body so they could truly lead together. But it seems like Victor isn't really into bot stuff because as both Miss Minutes and Renslayer learn the hard way, Victor doesn't really do partnerships. (laughs) And neither it seems did He Who Remains, but more on that in just a moment. As for Sylvie, she's about McFin had it. But she also proves that despite being willing to get blood on her hands in the name of reclaiming agency, she isn't heartless. Just as she doesn't want to be written off for being a variant of someone who dabbles in villainy like Loki, Victor's pleas appeal to her better nature. Victor says, you don't know me. You don't know the heart I have beating in my chest. I can make my own choices. And that's precisely what Sylvie's fighting for, to stop that thief of all free will from becoming the most dangerous man who ever lived by stealing people's ability to make their own choices. So is this a choice that will come back to haunt Sylvie like a giant ghost clock? Well, yeah, probably, but it's a choice you can live with for the time being. Sylvie is far less forgiving of Renslayer, though. She decides to punish Ravona by giving her the worst version of what she really wished for—a seat at the end of time. The episode ends on a kind of quantum cliffhanger. Miss Minutes and Ravona are sent to the Citadel at the end of time with the decaying corpse of He Who Remains. Both smarting from their encounter with Victor, they realize they were also manipulated and kept at arm's length by He Who Remains. And now that he's gone and Victor is ostensibly their enemy, they have nothing to lose. Miss Minutes teases Ravona that she knows a big secret about her that's going to make her really angry. So what could it be? Well, as we learned in the first two episodes of the season, members of the TVA have had their memories wiped a couple times before. I have no memory of having my memory wiped. And that likely includes Ravonna Renslayer as well. That big speech that Loki discovered on the recording at the TVA feels like a prelude before a big betrayal. And look, Ravona was pretty salty about leading the TVA thanklessly for eons during her encounter with Mobius, so just imagine how she's gonna feel if she learns that the man she dedicated her life to may have also robbed her of free will. That seems like it would probably be the straw that breaks the camel's back, if you ask me. And while Kang the Conqueror is ostensibly the most dangerous person in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ravona Renslayer and Miss Minutes with nothing to lose is a pretty terrifying prospect. Maybe not like skin ripped off terrifying, but still pretty scary nonetheless. What's the quality of life with no skin? Anyway, folks, there you have it. That's everything you need to know about Loki episode three. We'll have even more deep dives for you on Nerdist in the days ahead, but in the meantime, if you want to catch up on our other breakdowns of the first two episodes, we have just the videos for you. Or if you prefer your sci-fi with more substance abuse and Hugh Jackman, then make sure you watch our analysis of the Rick and Morty season seven premiere and how it subverts classic coming of age story tropes. But speaking of tropes, it's Nerdoween all month long here on Nerdist. And last week, we celebrated Trope Day with an in-depth history of horror movie tropes. From jump scares to final girls, this video is so good, it's scary. In the meantime, though, folks, tell us, what did you think of this episode? Did you spot anything that we missed? And we're all gonna die! Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.